Hi, this is Paul Pactor, CEO of Long Island Cares and the Harry Chapin Food Bank, and welcome back to another episode of Feed the Need. This is our weekly podcast series where we bring you inside the regional food bank to talk with our staff to find out what they're up to these days, and also to bring in outside guests, politicians, corporate leaders, volunteers, and other people interested in joining the fight against hunger on Long Island. This morning, I have the pleasure of welcoming Anna Penovich, who is our research assistant working on our uh, wonderful program, which is called the Action Research uh, Project. And Anna's going to talk about that with me uh, on today's show. So, Anna, I want to welcome you. We're very happy to have you here. Thank you. (laughs) We have a great studio audience here with us at Long Island Cares. Anna, what is the Action Research Project? So and action, why are we doing this? Yes. So the Action Research Project is um, a project that Jessica and I, the chief programs officer, are undertaking um, to better understand cultural food need and economic food need on the island. Um, it's super important to be doing this work because um, we need to be servicing everyone that lives on Long Island and not only um, and making sure that we're doing the outreach to reach out to communities that maybe don't know about opportunities on the island or what we can offer to them. Um, so yeah, it's, it's great work. We're very excited that we're doing it and how much we've been able to do so far. Well, you, you've been doing outstanding work because I, I've read some of the things that uh, we've published about action research. I think it's important that people, uh, understand that looking at the diversity amongst the population of people in need of emergency food assistance has become a priority not only of Long Island Cares, and rightfully so, but also a priority of Feeding America. Mm-hmm. And uh, they are investing resources uh, into making sure that the food banks are responsive, culturally responsive, uh, to the populations uh, we're serving. And I know with the Action Research Project that you're involved in, and as you mentioned, Jessica Rosati, our chief programs officer, is involved in this as well, uh, we're looking at three priority groups. Describe them for us. Yeah, so the project is focusing on increasing um, cultural food needs in terms of people that follow Islamic dietary law and mm-hmm. Jewish dietary law, so halal and kosher um, food need, as well as individuals in Wyandanch, um, since it has the highest level of poverty on the island for economic access as well. Mm-hmm. I was uh, talking to Billy Ganyu last week on the podcast, and we were talking about the diverse population that visits Long Island Cares for food assistance. And what we know so far is that about 74% of all the people that visit our satellite locations are uh, people of color, people of uh, varying diverse backgrounds, primarily of the 74%, 52% are people from uh, South or Central America. And then we, uh, the next group in terms of numbers is the African-American population. But you, you really put your finger on the pulse of this by talking about uh, people that are living in poverty Uh, or just a little bit above the poverty level, still coming to the regional food bank for food assistance. Talk a little bit about uh, 
halal food versus culture uh, kosher food. Uh, give me a sense of what the difference might be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so halal, um, basically, I mean, when you look at packaging, there is in Arabic, it's written halal to mm-hmm. denote that it is packaged and it is basically halal means like, like, um, oh my God, I'm blanking right now. Halal <laughs> means like it's permissible. So right. you can, it's something that you're allowed to eat. Mm-hmm. And basically when you ask someone to define halal, they're just going to say, you know, the meat has to be, uh, the animal for the meat has to be slaughtered in a certain way. So right. the blood has to drain out and it has to be a humane killing. Mm-hmm. So let's say if an animal is electrocuted, and that's how they're slaughtered. Someone that's not halal, so someone cannot okay. eat that. Um, and then kosher is much more specific. You can eat dairy products. Mm-hmm. Um, similar with meat, you can. And they can eat sell- shellfish. Um, so there's much more. I feel like with kosher, there's there's much more to define in that way. If you right. ask someone, they might say something different for kosher, or someone mm-hmm. might be more like, "Oh, I'm more easygoing in that way." Um, as well as for halal, sometimes if you cannot find halal food, mm-hmm. sometimes they will be like, okay, I'll eat some kosher food right. and that's accessible for them. That's acceptable for them as well. And again, with the with the kosher food, which I know a little bit about, yeah, uh, you can't mix dairy food items with uh, meat items. Yeah. And I, I know it's under rabbinical supervision uh, in terms of the way the food is prepared. And, and again, you know, you mentioned how the... Uh, you know, if it's an animal, how it's slaughtered, there's a very different way about that. Yeah. You know, people who hear about halal food, uh, I think they sort of immediately focus in on the Southeast Asian population, people of Muslim backgrounds, uh, the Sikh population here on Long Island. And we have a growing uh, population, depending on the community of people who have come here from Southeast Asia, uh, countries like India and Pakistan and so on. And I don't think that many people equate food insecurity with that particular population, but it really is there. Yeah, what I find interesting, I mean, a lot of when we were doing interviews, when we were doing the focus groups, Mm -hmm. people were saying, it seems like the demographic is shifting instead of like, as an immigrant, maybe you don't know when you come here, like, what's accessible, like, what's around for you to, like, reach out to. And right. you typically stay within your own community. It is more insular. But um, now with, like, the children, you know, there's more outreach being done and there's more, like, okay, I'm going to go out onto Long Island and see what mm-hmm. else is out there and not. And maybe within your community, you don't, like, they don't have that set up already. Like, but we're seeing now with mosques on the island that they do have food pantries and they're trying to do that outreach as well to grow more. So that's who we've been trying to reach out to and establish more of a relationship with it. And as well with the synagogues when we were doing outreach. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was not even synagogues, but like there are specific kosher food pantries on the right. island that we already work with. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was great to do the interviews, the focus groups with them as well and see, you know, the type of work they do. And I think a lot of their like programming was mm-hmm. really well done. And we're looking to kind of continue that with Halal as well. And we did connect um, one of the kosher food pantries with some men who are trying to, or with one group that are trying to kind of create more of a halal food mm-hmm. pantry as well for them to like connect and, and ask questions and then be like, and be inspired by them as well. In addition to doing the uh, research component, yeah, uh, you know, you were able to identify these populations that perhaps we don't 
readily think of in terms of food insecurity. Uh, but we were also able, as part of the grant that we received from Feeding America for this program, I believe, uh, we also had about $50,000 for uh, some of our pantry programs to order food from us. Or they were given uh, grants of up to $5,000 to buy the food mm-hmm. uh, themselves. And you mentioned about the kosher pantries, and I know that we have one at the JCC in Plainview. Yeah. And there's an active kosher pantry in Great Neck, as well as uh, Gammy's Pantry in uh, the Five Towns area yeah. in yeah. Lawrence, I believe. And those are the organizations that you've been working with. But you've also been working with the uh, Gerald Ryan Outreach Center in Wyandanch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what's going on there in terms of the population? Um, a gelled rind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I didn't really work with them that much. Okay. Um, they were just opening up from COVID, um, allowing people to come in. So they were a little hesitant to have me come in. Um, but I was going to loaves and fishes a lot. Mm-hmm. And I did go to the, the soup pantry, the soup kitchen in uh, right. Wyandanch as well. And I mean, basically inflation is just really a number one cause right now. When I was asking people, you know, when we're sitting around a table and a lot of wine dance is a little bit of a food desert. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have to go out into other towns and, and there's only compare in wine dance right. and it's just a lot of money. I remember them saying just to get some meat at the store, it's like $20. So it's just, I mean, it's not accessible for someone to go. If you don't have a car, you have to go to sure. Bayshore, you have to go to another town over. But even if you do go to a grocery store, that's maybe in a town near over, mm-hmm. they're still expensive. Like Stop and Shop is still pretty expensive then for someone. So it's like, okay, maybe they'll go to BJ's right. to get like bulk items. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that was the main thing, that inflation is still really key. But also, you know, not knowing what's out there. It's like, okay, maybe they go to one pantry in Wyandanch, mm-hmm. but they don't know about the others because sometimes hours can be inaccessible for people because if you work during the daytime and – a pantry only operates during the daytime. You can't go and get food during the daytime. It's like, I'm Absolutely. not going to take off time from work to do this. So then how can you get that food then? Um, so that was something that we had realized, okay, we have to let other people, we have to let everyone know like what is out there mm-hmm. around the area. And um, just doing that outreach, outreach is super important in that regard then. And I mean, certainly because of inflation and because of the need uh, being so high, we also Uh, recently ran some numbers in terms of overall visits to our satellites from last uh, July, July of 2021 to July of 2022. And we really saw a 67% increase in the number of people who are coming to our satellite pantries for assistance. And as you said, this is really uh, being driven by inflation right now. And we see gas prices coming down. They've come down uh, about a dollar in the past few months since both the feds and the state and the local government have, uh, you know, put a moratorium on the taxes. But people are still struggling. And you mentioned about food deserts. And we know that in certain communities, why it's referred to as a food desert is because there really isn't a major supermarket There might be a bodega, a corner grocery store. There might be a private label type supermarket like a compare. But if they're the only uh, avenue to access food in the local community, you're certainly going to be paying more because their buying power is less than a Stop and Shop or a ShopRite or a King Cullen or even, you know, Lidl and Aldi for that matter. Uh, In terms of 
hosting focus groups. Talk a little bit about that, how you went about it, what kind of questions were you asking, and what kind of feedback have you received so far? Yeah, um, I think the feedback we got was really great. Mm -hmm. So uh, let me define action research as well, what that means. So we're not only doing research just to like get data, but we're going to, it's, it's like on the ground, it's act, it's active. So mm-hmm. while we get this information, we're going to implement it right away to better understand, okay, what can we do within the next fiscal year to do these changes that they're saying? So, I mean, in terms of this grant, it's like you don't want to spend money without knowing how you're going to spend it. Because even if we did do something or think, okay, like we have an idea about what we should buy for kosher. Mm-hmm. But if we buy something and someone's like, oh, like that's not kosher enough for me, because I know the kashru is like very specific for some people mm-hmm. as well. So you have to know like, okay, how should we spend this money? So that the focus groups were essentially like, how should we spend this money? Like one of the questions we asked was, if you could talk to Paul, <laughs> what would you tell Paul? And so people would say, oh, this is what I think. Or like, you know, if you could meet with um, a politician from your like your representative or your mm-hmm. local congressman, like what would you tell them to change within your community? And um, and it was just really great. Everyone, it was such a nice open conversation, and we did try to keep it smaller because mm-hmm. in that way everyone can have a voice. And you know, if you have a a group of ten people or more, sometimes like someone might be more closed off. So we tried to keep it underneath ten people. Sure. Um, but the outreach I kind of started doing was looking at the food pantries or the member agencies we already work with and letting them know this is what we're doing. Like, please let someone know if you're interested. And we did pay um, $50 as a thank you for everyone joining us. Mm-hmm. Um, a little just, bit of an incentive. Yeah, an incentive. Sure. I mean, we want to thank everyone. And gas is expensive. And so Absolutely. it's like, you know, if you come out, we want to, your time is valuable to us. Mm-hmm. And this is important for us for, for us to show that to you. And everyone was always really grateful for that. And especially for people that were utilizing the food pantries um even more of like a thank you it was Mm -hmm. like you really i mean times are tough so like please use this in every way you need to so did you find that uh the individuals or the families that participated in focus groups uh they were willing to share information with you absolutely yeah i mean everything will be kept anonymous Mm -hmm. so when our report gets written up um we're only going to be using like speaker one from focus group three Mm -hmm. um you know and it's it's important to sometimes, yeah, people want to not voice something because they think, oh, maybe X and X person will know about this. But um, I think we really tried to foster like a welcoming environment. We always brought food. Our leading question was always like, hi, what's your name? And what's mm-hmm. your favorite food? And that always was like <laughs> a crowd. It's an icebreaker. Ple- yeah, everyone was always <laughs> laughing about. I mean, sometimes we'd get so off topic because someone was like, oh, man, I love that food, too. People, uh, <laughs> people felt comfortable yeah. uh, with that question. I mean, I think food is, I mean, food really brings people together. Mm-hmm, and sure. So when you talk to someone about, you know, how can we help you in terms of food? People want to talk. It's like, oh, like, thank right. you so much for listening. Like, I think that's really important to note as well. Like, people want to be heard. Sure. And so giving them that platform to speak is important. This is, this is a, a fascinating uh, topic for sure. But that is the signal. We are running out of time. Uh, Anna Penovich, what a great experience talking to you. Thank you, Paul. Uh, I, I, you know, I see you, you know, in in the organization, running around and doing your job. But unfortunately, because we have so many people that work here, I never get the opportunity to uh, really dig deep into what our staff are doing. That's why I like doing feed the need so much and interviewing staff. It really has been a pleasure. I think as we uh, 
distribute the report uh, for action research with some of the recommendations that that's going to be very, very exciting. Uh, and I hope to uh, make sure that we have you back again. For those of you that have been enjoying uh, our podcast, Feed the Need, uh, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to your your podcasts. We hope you make us uh, part of those choices. And until next time, uh, we'll see you again on Feed the Need from Long Island Cares. Mm-hmm.